welcome back to the Kinoplex podcast with me, Jack. Me, James. And uh, myself, Awaste. Perfect. Uh, amazing intro, guys. How are you? How are you, how are you doing? Good. Good. I'm really... One week, one week later, it's like one of the SpongeBob transitions. It's like one, one week, week later. Yeah, it's really had a heavy toll on on me. On on your psyche. Yeah, honestly, I don't know if I can. You've not, you, you've not even, anymore. you've not even changed, you've not even changed clothes in a week. <laughs> That's how disheveled. It's funny. It's funny because people probably think this is a week later, guys. This is we're recording this immediately after after the first one. So we we insider insider. We are we are we are recording this episode immediately after, but it's only because we need to get it out so quickly because we're going to be talking about something very special today, and that yeah. is that is um, the Venice Film Festival, which which both of you are lucky enough to to um, be able to go to. Um, I must say, I'm very jealous myself. You should have come, man. Yeah. I I you know I would have, but I've I've been I've been um, you know busy guy got got a lot of stuff going on um, myself, unfortunately. <laughs> Every episode, Jack just needs to talk to you. Every, uh, you know what we can? Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you one day. I'll tell you one day. But you know, I got a lot of got a lot of um hands and a lot of egg cookie jars. Or <laughs> what's the other saying? Got a lot of fingers and a lot of pies. Um, oh, so does Roland. Uh, but yes, um, Venice Venice Film Festival. Um, why don't you tell me a little bit about what it was like applying for accreditation, you guys? I think James had it easier. Um, the, it, it, it's quite simple. You, you sh- essentially, in theory, you just send an, an email to the address um, with, you know, your, your details and some, like, work samples and stuff. Um, yeah. To get... No, I sent an email. I'm pretty sure it's an email. Yeah, did you um, email a form? I don't remember. No, I think you just you just emailed. Oh, you email them a letter from your editor. Oh yeah. That's and then cool. yeah. Oh, um, very nice. And they they're really bad at getting back to you. They took ages to get back to James. They took even longer to get back to me. Um, to the point where my editor actually had to phone them, because they just weren't responding to my emails and my follow up emails. And when my editor phoned them, we found out that all my emails had been going to their spam. Um, so, and then they finally accredited me, but we think they must have had, like, a racist filter. They must have seen Irfan and the email address and, you know, straight into spam. Straight into spam. Yeah, <laughs> My goodness. They don't have, so usually when you send an email to something like that, there's, like, a bot on the other person's email address that also sends back an email saying, we can confirm we have received your email. Yeah. yeah. But they don't have that, so it's never clear at all whether they have your address and they're processing it or whether they're not mm. unlike something like can or london film festival they don't process although they don't say this but it's the truth they don't process applications as they come in mm. they process them all at once once all the once. deadline is past the i see so you could apply when it opens months before the deadline and just be waiting months and hear nothing and be like what is going on really and in the case and again in my case they didn't get my email that's pretty and dreadful I know, so, so. Yeah, it seems like a real seems like a real hassle. What, what was it like, James, for you as an editor, trying to apply? Did you need to? Did well, you need to? My, because I'm not. I mean, I'm the arts editor, but I'm not. It, I think it's supposed to be from like the chief editor, the editor yeah. in chief of ah. publication. So, um, but um, I don't know if I should be saying this, but basically, yeah, I just write the letter and then he sends me a photo of his signature and I just like put his signature on the letter and then scan it. In. Oh. Yeah. 
which is fair enough it's still him very yeah nice. yeah ab- absolutely um well yeah i mean seeing as seeing as no nobody's paid well nobody's paying either of us for this i'm not entirely sure why venice needs to know that the editors approved it asked to be there but anyway um no it was fine i mean i think you know although there's these problems with the email compared to something like can where it was ridiculous like i was having to send them business cards it was so ridiculous my goodness like they were asking for scanned photocopies of business cards well venice no can oh right can we're asking for all sorts of things that venice felt like it just took like you know an hour and that was it see see for for can i didn't do press i was there for three day three day in can which was a lot easier but there was still a lot of work like you needed to send like a two-page covering letter of why you wanted to be there and stuff but i, I feel like can obviously has that sort of reputation yeah and it's probably in such high demand yeah i can imagine you, you guys both went to that as well this year yeah what was that like how, how do you think it will compare to going to venice i think venice will be a lot more relaxed the thing about can as great as it as great as can was it was very hectic no one knew what they were doing, where they were going. It was it was a bit of a shambles organization wise. Yeah, it's it's not no, it's not a shambles organization wise. It's designed so that if you are an outsider, you have no idea what's going on. Yeah. yeah. Like hmm. basically my situation in press in Cannes was like at the lowest tier of the press. Like, you know, the lowest like prestige of press, right? Yeah. So the fact is that my life in Cannes, although I was on the French Riviera watching films at Cannes, aside from that, wasn't like that glamorous yet. So I have to wait yeah. in queues for hours, blah, 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 blah. But all the people in the streets yeah. would like come up to you and like take photos with you and take photos of the press sites and stuff. Really? Because it's, the festival is designed to look like, essentially look like Davos, like the World Economic Forum. It's, it's supposed to look incredibly expensive, incredibly glamorous. Everything is like a cult. Yeah. The people who have been coming for years know exactly what's up. Mm. But it's the people who are like new that don't know what's up and nobody will tell them what's up. You have to figure yeah. it out for yourself. Like we were told, press cannot get into Grand Lumiere, the main cinema screenings. Mm. There is yeah, no yeah. press allocation. Point blank told that by the press desk. Yeah. Lo and behold, if you there turn was. to Lumiere and flash your press badge, they let you straight in. Really? Yeah, it was, it was bizarre. But I, I feel like now that we've I think once you've got the experience under your belt, like hopefully if we if we were to go again, we, you know we, we're probably more equipped for it. Do you think you might make a return trip at some point? I think so. I would. I want to. I'd like to, but I don't. You know, it's it's harder to say when you're when you're not gonna necessarily be at uni. Yeah. Yeah. To say whether I'll just be able to disappear for two for two weeks. Yeah, of yeah, course. You know, it's expensive as well. Yeah. But it's like Venice, like, you know, it, there's an appeal of these things that once you can do it, you won't just feel, like, it. pressured into doing it. Like, Venice, there was no way in hell I was going to go to Venice. Like, people were telling me, tell, tell me, can you need to go to Venice, you need to go to Venice, you need to go to Venice. And I was like, yeah, there's no way in hell I'm going to Venice. Mm. Like, it's not like I can just, like, splash cash on, like, going to all these places. Yeah. And then, basically, so many people just messaged me and were like, yeah, I'm going to Venice, I'm going to Venice, I'm going to Venice. That in the end, I was just like, you know what? I might just go to Venice. Yeah. That's never my plan to. Hmm. And yeah. I definitely wouldn't. When I, when I think about how much I would have to spend combined on Cannes and Venice, I just don't see how I could continue to do that year on, year on in, year out, you know? Yeah, of course. No. Um, 
but it'll definitely be a good experience. Yeah, we've picked a good year for Venice as well because it's steeped in controversy this year. We picked a good year for Cannes. Cannes is vintage. <laughs> yeah. We picked a, two, a great year for both of them. Tell yeah. us about your, your, your Cannes experience, first of all. Give us a give us a brief overview before we move on to before we move on to Venice. Of your your experience at Cannes, your your. I mean, I w- I was only there for three days. Like I was, you know. Yeah, I mean, it was just very it was very weird. I actually was in the process of the summer on my laptop writing a very lengthy article about how strange. Cannes was. Cannes was. It's like it's like being it's like going to like Waco. Really? <laughs> Everyone believes in things that, like, you they just take things for granted that you just had no idea. Really? It's like, like, it's the only place whereby me, literally nobody, can just meet, like, the son of an incredibly famous director and just go for coffee and, like, pasta with him. And nobody even thinks about it. It couldn't be any other way. That's just the way it is. It's really? Just everyone's just talking with everyone. Gaspar is, like, out there making a film giving people epileptic fits, yeah? And he's just drinking with random people outside the cinema. What? Yeah, Quentin Tarantino was at a screening as well, just walking out as well, I'm pretty sure you were saying. comes in. Boon John Ho wins the Palme d'Or. It's it's a bizarre experience. I think it's, you know, Kansas... Like, takes his top off and just runs (laughs) across the entirety of Cannes. Just, like, everyone's just following him, just running after him, drinking. Jesus. Sounds amazing. Mm. Do you think... The bong door. <laughs> everyone was going. No, everyone was going. Oh, yeah, no, everyone was going around when he won. They were like, they were like, oh, you know, it's the bong door because he won. Oh, I see. What a zinger! It's a good, it's a good experience. Mm. Do you think? That's not, I would say that uh, you know, aside from the fact that well, the weather was, I don't really react that well to heat. So the weather was actually pretty good for me. It was like nineteen degrees. Yeah. But aside from that, Cannes not an amazing place. Venice is a much nicer place. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think you're gonna try and do a bit of sightseeing while you're there as well? I want to. I hope so. I've already, the problem is that so I've been once before. I went in January, you see, so there's no one around. Yes. When we go in August, it's gonna be it's you're gonna not be even be able to move in the centre. There's gonna be so many people. It is gonna be very busy. So. Yeah. I mean, the thing with Venice is that the stuff like you know, like Basilica San Marco and stuff. Is like it's free entry, so yeah, just yeah, just go along, yeah, and pasta, pizza. pizza. Oh, yes, good old Venice. It's there's a glass ceiling for pizza, pasta, it can excel beyond. Do you think so? I disagree. You can do whatever the hell you want with pasta, pizza at the end of the day, it's limited by its, by its very nature. <laughs> well, there you have it. The definitive, pasta the de- the definitive, pasta has <laughs> themes. You can theme a pasta. Pizza is Dora. Pizza is yeah. Dora. What? Pasta is pasta no. is the Gaspar Noé's reversed irreversible. <laughs> mm. Maybe. So, yes. Yeah, do we, do we want to talk about some of the? Maybe the we should. Maybe we should start with that if we're on the. If we want to talk about the how controversial a year it is. Oh yes, actually, this is true. James probably has the best insight as to. All the controversy. That we need to answer before we decide what. Well, it's definitely controversial, right? Yeah. Do you think there should be? Because I know BFI does a pretty good job of it, and Edinburgh does like a really forced job of it. Do you think that there should be a quota of at least male to female director at a film festival? 
I think so. I think so because I think a film festival is designed to promote these sorts of films. It's you know the, it, a film festival is to take. I mean, in some cases, smaller films and promote them and, and and sort of give them awareness. And I feel like in a world where that's becoming a big thing, I I think you do need to make an effort to sort of promote those films. The problem that you have is that you live or you work in an industry that is quite clearly gender imbalanced or at least was for a number of years. Yeah. And the fact is that, say at Edinburgh, yeah, if I see, so I'm, you know, I'm just seeing films that I think look interesting, right? So say 50% of them are by men and 50% of them are, are by women. And then always when the festival is ended and I look at my rankings and then I see where I placed everything, the bottom like 10, 15 films are always the films directed by women. Because the problem is that if you select films solely on the basis of gender and the the quality of those films is just not there yet, then you end up with shittier films. Yeah. As Alberto Barbara was saying, the fact is that there's been a massive effort in the industry to reverse gender discrimination. Yeah. And the fact is that that's only now starting to take hold. So he says, you know, in the short films, actually more of them are directed by women than men because the fact is that all of these women are going into the industry or getting started in the industry. Yes. And then see that ripple effect as it moves on. Hmm. But if he was to do any sort of quota-based thing, then he would be compromising. He would have to choose a film which is less good over a film which is more good, just for the gender of the director. Hmm. But the fact is that really, most of the time when you watch a film, you don't pay attention to the gender of the director. Some exceptions, maybe Claire Denis um, and... um, What's the name of the person who directed the the film at Cannes? It's not come out yet. Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Oh, um, something Scaloni, I can't remember. Celine Sciamma. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to double check this so we don't butcher her name. Because those films are, of those two directors, are very feminine films, then people talk about it more often. But usually, you know, if you're just watching a horror movie, if you're just watching The Babadook, yeah, it doesn't Mm matter whether jennifer kent directed it or like some guy directed it yeah it was celine skiyama by the way celine skiyama so yeah yeah Yeah. i i i I agree i think the only time you sort of really is as you're saying is like you know with something like clarini but i suppose in that sort of instance you're going for that director and by that point the director has made a name for themselves so well well well, there's a lot a lot of um a lot of other uh, good films um, that 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 we will be seeing, or that I won't be seeing, but you you'll probably be seeing at Venice. Um, big one, uh, obvious one, slightly slightly memeing one. Uh, the the Joker. We live in a society. The movie, which is gonna be a masterpiece. Let's let's, let's not even deny I'd it. See, let's not deny see, it. Really, really wants to believe that we will walk out of that. Everyone's in awe. And everyone's like, man, what a five-star movie. But I just know inside <laughs> that everyone walks out and says, that was a pile of shit and gives it like two stars. Really? Do you well, think? It's, it's going to be Venom too. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be it's gonna be Venom. The director of The Hangover <laughs> making a movie that is quite clearly on it. It's not even shy about saying it. A rip-off of Scorsese films. This, this is, is my goodness. It's literally just like, he's like, yeah, a bit of it's Taxi Driver, a bit of it's Goodfellas, a bit of it's King of Comedy. And Martin Scorsese was initially signed on as a producer. Yeah. I know he's not. 
He's not anymore. Not, but Robert De Niro is in the film. But but the thing is, the thing is, it's like, yeah, Todd Phillips doesn't have the best track record, but you've also got Joaquin Phoenix, who has a track record that sort of, it's, it makes me think maybe there's something about it. Uh, there there must be something. There must about be Joaquin. Joaquin's films are always pretty, always pretty on. When was the last time Joaquin was in a bad film? Exactly. Exactly. Don't worry, he won't get far on foot. Or was that? that? I mean, yeah, I, I, I that was good. Oh, oh really? I, I can't. I can't say I've seen it. But I, this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. Where, like Joaquin, he makes good choices, or at least interesting choices. So I think, if nothing else, it'll be an interesting movie. What do you think is is your great film? Watch the night, and I'm not sure whether that was supposed to be very good. Mm. Oh no, really? Yeah. What do we think his joke is going to be like? How woke? How woke good, is he going to be? I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be very woke. And people are. I've been sharing the script and. The stuff that they've been sharing is almost like meme level, we live in a society type thing. Oh, no. Really? Oh, no. But apparently, because you know, people people always read scripts and then write, re- write basically review the script on Letterboxd. Yeah. Apparently, at the end, something really, really, really horrific happens. My God. And every single review is like, they better change the ending or else this film is going to get absolutely destroyed when it comes out. Really? Oh, yeah. my God. What do you think? What do you think happens? Let's speculate. I don't know. I have no idea. Who, what? What I mean, could? If, if, it's, if it's that bad, it probably involves something to do with. It's probably something to do with. I don't know. It's either quite clearly sympathizes with him. Yeah. Or it says something negative about mental illness or some gender issue or something like that. I mean, maybe. The suggestion was that like, it would be like Quentin Tarantino essentially showing. Sharon Tate being brutally murdered, that's how, like, it would be like, yeah, you just shouldn't have done that in the film. Yeah. I guess we'll find out. I guess we will find out in a couple weeks. The thing is that, right, the thing is that obviously you know this relatively uncompromising stance that Alberto Barbara's taken because we just talked about it. Yeah. To quote us, yeah. Yeah. Todd Phillips, like, fuck, has he ever been to a festival in his life with one of his films? Yeah. Yeah. Superhero movies, never really at festivals. No. Yeah, so the fact is that nobody is pulling strings for a favour on this film. Mm. So it must be, there must be something about it. There yeah, must be some sort of quality. Even Warner Brothers approached Venice about showing it, they were like, we must show it out of competition. Mm. All studios tend to show their big films out of competition. James Gray's an, an odd one out, but if you look at like Amazon, their whole slate is premiering out of competition. Out of competition. Yeah. There's, no, there's no risk. If you if you premiere out of competition, it doesn't matter whether your film is shit or good. All you all you have to do is ward off the reviews. Yeah. But if you premiere in competition and you don't win any awards, then it looks you know. It looks pretty slightly, bad. Slightly slightly bad on you. But both Alberto Barbara, who's so enthusiastic about the film, and uh, Todd Phillips basically uh, argued with Warner Brothers until they said yes, you are allowed to premiere this in competition. Mm-hmm. And then it's showing on TIFF as well, and the TIFF director also said something along the lines of, oh, this is going to go to the Oscars. Really? This is what I'm saying. It's got so much intriguing early press that it sort of makes me wonder, you know, it, I don't, like, I, I, I understand it may be bad because, you know, Todd Phillips doesn't have the best track record, and the leaked script's not great, but, you know, th- there must be something about it. That is is appealing to people. Unless unless we're just being really really heavily memed by the whole entertainment that, that industry. Would be, that would you know 
Probably. I also wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't put it past Warner Brothers. Joker's one of these odd characters. It's like like Charles Manson in that everyone's like, no, we don't want more Joker. Really can't stand the Joker character. What the world needs is really not another Joker movie. Mm. And like, support, yeah, yeah, every fucker will go and see it. Yeah. Yep. This is true. Don't know. Maybe this it's this because we're all we're all twisted inside. This is true. What? Well, you know, this is the, this is the thing with Taxi Driver, right? You've all seen Taxi Driver, yeah? Of course, yeah. Yeah, well, the big debate over Taxi Driver is: are you allowed to like sympathise in some way with Travis Bickle? And everyone's like, oh, you, you know, he's like the epitome of like toxic male angst. But the fact is that like his feelings of loneliness and being out of place are basically universal emotions, mm. regardless of the violent path he then tends to take, which I think is probably the reason why the film has been so successful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know what, I mean, this, yeah, this Joker looks like it's going to be a massive taxi driver ripoff, maybe more than anything else. Although King of Comedy is a massive touch. So mm. anyway, it's interesting because it is an unknown. And I think the trailer is pretty good. Yeah. I think the trailer is good. I agree. It's yeah. actually one of the most watched trailers, if not the most watched trailer ever. Really? Yeah, wow. every single article I ever see about Joker is like mentions the trailer had x x many millions and millions of views, wow. which is like insane for a trailer. Hmm. Well, yeah, we'll just need to see, I guess. It'll be definitely one that I'm gonna go and see. Yeah. The other big unknown for me is Ad Astra. I was about to say, yeah, uh, this is this is another unpredictable one. Hmm. Who, who's directing it? I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Tommy Lee Jones, but it has Brad Pitt in it. James Gray is really odd. Everyone always goes on about how much they love James Gray, but I don't see it. Mm. What else has he, he done? Gone in, like, I, I really enjoyed the last... Uh, is it The Lost City of Z? Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that, but I, I, I've not seen a lot of his other films. I just I like the premise of Ad Astra, and I think, you know, it seems like an interesting... It's, 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 like a, it's one of these sort of sci-fi space films. I've heard, he I've heard people apocalypse. saying... I've heard people saying it's Apocalypse Now in Space. He oh said really? Oh. Now meets 2001, oh my Jesus! Oh, that's, hmm. that's a that's a tough. Top three best films ever made. Oh, right. Good, good job. But I feel like I feel like that's James Gray maybe getting a bit carried away with himself. Hyperbole. It's clear where the Apocalypse Now stuff comes from, right? Because the thing is, you can say it's like Apocalypse Now in space, yeah. Yeah. But if what you mean is it isn't really like Apocalypse Now at all, it's just one man traveling along a large distance to find another man who has gone crazy that uh, yes, Apocalypse Now whoa <laughs> Apocalypse Now summed but, up you know I doubt it's gonna have anything to do with the Vietnam War um <laughs> and then the but wasn't what does he mean it's 2001 because it's in space hmm. so it's a man wasn't, to find another man in space Apocalypse Now means 2001 <laughs> man man wasn't, searching wasn't for a man that they, wasn't this the film that they completely changed because they wanted it to be more mainstream or was that Lucy in the Sky? Sky. Ah, right. mm. um, but somebody uh, somebody had said that they saw a test screening of Ad Astra like a year ago. Yeah. Um, more, more than that. Of like, you know, you know they show they showed like yeah, Mercury yeah. Road without effects like two years before it came out. Yeah. yeah. Um and they said that from the trailer at least. It's nothing yet. It, it's it nothing looks more. like it's been reshot to shit since really? they saw it. And it was super oh, weird yeah. when they saw it. Hmm, interesting. I didn't love that first trailer. I think the second trailer is good, but that first trailer is much better. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was a little iffy. Very generic. Mm. Very generic. I need to rewatch it, I think. We'll have to see. 
I do like Brad Pitt though, so I, I have. To yeah, he's he's. At the very least, this movie looks absurdly expensive. Really? It it does. I don't think he's gonna make his money back. There's no way. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's, it's, it's a going movie to that nobody really asked for. That isn't really starring like massive Hollywood property. Hmm. Isn't from a huge Hollywood director, and looks like the you know more expensive than like Marvel movies kind of level of expensive. But, but... But then again, it goes back to that whole topic about we were t- chatting about how you know this, this the space thing propelled Apollo Eleven. Space films have been a big thing recently. Like I have noticed, like they they seem to be they they seem to be like First Man did very well at the box office. I'm pretty sure Apollo Eleven did all right at the box office. As far as like, Man, I think made a loss. I think that was uh, I, I mean, I mean, I mean like, I mean, like UK, UK box office wise. Okay. Mm. Um, High Life as well. but yeah, I'm not sure how how that did. Nothing, yeah. But maybe, I mean, they seem to have faith in it with the amount of sort of backing they're giving it. Hmm. Well, it depends what you mean by faith, right? Because the trailers, they've been talking about it. Everyone's been talking about it. And it seems like they're really trying to push it. They're like, yeah, Ad Astra, you need to watch this film. Which suggests that they don't have as much faith in it. Hmm. But I mean, maybe, the yeah. Venice means they have faith that it's good. I don't know yeah. if this precedent for james gray being a venice um lost city of z maybe no no way hmm i don't maybe maybe not not. don't know just have to see i suppose what what else have we got um no it wasn't wasn't. what what else are you you guys planning on seeing in venice Um, i'm really really... for for me those were the top two but the the next third one is it's a slight curveball it's Irreversible inversion <laughs> integral. Oh yes, tell us um, a bit about this. Nobody really knows exactly what it is, um, but the the current hypothesis, uh, more than just a hypothesis, the current pretty much confirmed hypothesis is Gaspar Noé has just put the events of Irreversible in chronological order, and is screening it at the festival. Really, how exciting! Uh, yes. Oh, right, good old so Gas- Gaspar Noé doing up to yeah. his old tricks. I think I need to watch the first one first. Yeah, <laughs> he's really going to be challenging the audience here, I have to say, because it's a film everyone's kind of, you know, on edge about this about these kinds of films. Yeah. These kind of rape-revenge films. And it's a much more violent and explicit and, like, just awful Rape-reven- well, in fact, it's not even a rape-revenge film where, like, the woman is raped and then she, like, kills her attackers. It's a film whereby a woman is raped and killed and then the guy, the, her, like, boyfriend goes and kills the attacker brutally and, like, hom- uh, homophobically as well. My goodness. Um, and pretty much the only argument advanced for, oh, this film is, like, in some way moral is because the film is, like, a... It's almost like a remake of 2001 A Space Odyssey. That's going to sound really weird, but... Whoa! It's literally Gaspar trying to remake an odd version of 2001 A Space Odyssey about evolution and, well, as violence as anti-evolution. Yeah. Um, And moving towards some sort of resolution which argues explicitly against both the violence, that's key, the revenge is definitely not agreed with at all mm. and um obviously the sexual assault but if you flip it around 
it just becomes a really horrific great revenge film and i'm not sure if people are gonna lap that up of venice yeah oh dear. Oh dear do you think do you think gaspers overstepped the line with this one i i, I think he's trying to do that i think he's trying to overstep the line because because but i don't know because he, he, he wants to do he wants to overstep the line he has all these ever wanted to do yeah i was gonna say his films very much seem like that to me they're good but they very much seem like how far can I appreciate? Uh, I thought climax was was a bit of a masterpiece, to be honest. Climax, climax was insane. Even though, yeah, even though, even though, even though, annoyed that not as many people um, walked out of it. Yeah. I mean, Gasper's confused because yeah. he's like, this movie climax, which you've seen, which is you know really not all that distressing. No. He said, I, "Oh yeah, this movie is like really horrific. The movies are one of the most horrific things I've ever made, but for some reason, people are calling it like a party." Like, well, it is a party, Interesting one to watch. He's always always up to his old his old tricks. Gaspar getting, and Lars. Getting Gaspar and Lars getting smashed at festivals. We got Roman Polanski skyping in as well for his new movie. Have you guys seen um what's his face? The director you just Lars is it him who oh no it's Uwe Ball, I think. Who, responding to people on Letterboxd. Yeah. Have you seen what? that? What? Oh, it's so good. <laughs> and yeah, you're just like everyone who reviews, or he he like reviews movies, and he's like, what was it? He's, he, and they're, they're like horrible. He's like, really misogynistic reviews yeah, of like Captain like, Marvel. Because he was just like making like really just using all, every slur known to man in his reviews, and they don't make any sense like grammatically or or logically. They're just like random collections of like disjointed <laughs> English insults. That's what he that's how he reviews films. Yeah. Oh, it was very. It was. It was quite humorous. Yeah. What a mess. Um. Next we have the truth. The yeah. So I mean, th- th- there's quite a few sort of. I think those are probably. I mean, the one I'm most excited for. Um. Is probably, after those ones that we've mentioned, is, um. What was it called? The 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 Noah Baumbach one, Marriage Story, which in a way seems similar to the truth. I feel. I I'm not sure why. Did they just. Unless I've got my premises mixed up, they sounded quite similar. James, G- James is looking very disgruntled. Yeah, marriage story is about a marriage. It's about a family sort of going through a struggle, which isn't that what like the truth was about. Struggle, whereas the truth is about an actress who returns home to her screenwriter daughter's house, and basically uh, they fight for two hours, and it turns out that like some shady shit has happened. Oh dear, I'm getting my premises mixed up there. <laughs> Whereas the bomb back is going to be like, honestly, I know I'm not going to like it. It's going to be slow, very vanilla, very forgettable. And it's just going to be like lots of people crying. Yeah, his films are usually like that. I, I, I enjoy Francis Ha, but I'm not a fan you of just like You just like watching people cry. That's it. Well, no, I mean, I, the thing is, I, I, th- I always thought I would like his movies, but I, I seem to like, I liked Francis Ha, and that's it. Like, I wasn't a fan of... The last one he did, the Mirowitz stories, or, or whatever. I didn't see that, I don't see think. That. It's on Netflix, though. Yeah. Hmm. I might need to get on it. 
um we'll we'll need yeah we'll we'll need to start wrapping up soon but is there any any other films that you guys um want to include in this preview of venice uh, the King, which is the Netflix film, um, which is stars Robert Pattinson, and Timothy Chalamet. That's one that I think looks interesting. Mm. It's Amazon, not Netflix. I think. No, it's Netflix. It's a Netflix film. Are you sure? The King, David Michaud. Yeah, it's it's a Netflix film. They were promoting it very hard when the thing was announced, and there was a big thing about oh they've let Netflix back into their um, slate. Mm. Oh, the laundromat's Netflix. Yeah, yeah well, that's what I'm saying. The laundromat and. And the King, so they're they're both Netflix films. And Amazon has Seabird. Yeah, uh, Amazon has Seabird. Mm. But that's Christian so, Stewart in it, so yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Maybe we'll get Christian Stewart and Robert Pattinson reunited for a Twilight reboot. Are they gonna be there? Christian's gonna be there. Yeah. Robert's gonna be there. Um, gonna Tony's announce gonna announce there. the next Twilight. He's gonna be there, and Gaspar's gonna be there. Oh, can you imagine? Roman Polanski won't be there. Gaspar I'm meeting. I'm meeting. Would that and Christian Stewart? That'd be that'd be pretty amazing to be honest. I would watch it. I would watch it. I'd give it all my money. That has Joaquin Phoenix, Robert Pattinson, and Ryan Gosling in it, and then we're done. Film, film cinema's over. It would be over, that's, wouldn't that's it? That's a chef's kiss. That's the last kiss of cinema. Amazing. I think that's really. I think that's really it for Venice. That's that's like, more. Yeah, of, that's everything. Yeah, that's the preview. So, James, James, and Oasis, you guys will be, um, will be skyping in to talk, um. Yes, we will be we will be recording from from from, from Venice itself. I'm sure I'm sure there'll be lots of um lots of hijinks that you both get up to and lots of good films to talk about. Hopefully, um, yeah, uh, that's it from us this week. Um, I've been Jack. I've been with James and Oasis, and this has been Hello. the goodbye. I think I think you should say this has been the yeah. Kidoplex yeah, podcast. Like, yeah. Um, how do you so, say goodbye in Italian? How do you say ciao? Is that yeah. it? Um, Ciao, Bella. Uh, is it not Arriva Dirty? Arriva Dirty. No, no, that means like that's something else. Oh. Oh, I don't know. I can't be bothered. You know what? You can you can tell me from Venice. How about that? <laughs> well, okay. So we will see you next time. Thank you for listening. Bye.